uh, he has risen. <laughs> I grew up in a United Church, and that's how we always greeted each other on Easter morning. And uh, we used to have a joke in the United Church. We said it didn't matter if you grew up Pentecostal or Baptist. Uh, in heaven, we would all be united. So. <laughs> um, when... Uh, when I was a bit younger, my dad asked me, Amanda, would you do like a really, really big favor for me? And I was like, sure, dad, what is it? And I can't remember what it was he asked me to do. But when um, he asked me, I'm like, dad, that's not like a really big favor. That's like a medium-sized favor. And he said, no, no, I think it's really big because it helps me out a lot. And we had this argument about who gets to decide the value of a favor. Is it the person who gives the favor or is it the person who receives the favor that gets to choose the value of the favor? And um, I'm pretty sure I won. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he let me win a lot of arguments. So. Um, so right now, I'd like to ask you a really big favor, <laughs> you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, so we have uh, a missionary here. His name is Ian Ross, and he goes out um, from our church and he speaks about the Father's heart all over the world. We are his sending church. Um, and so I'd like to ask if you would consider praying to see if God would have you support Ian and Janice monthly. And even $5 is like, would be a really big help to them because uh, what happens is Ian goes places and speaks about the Father's heart. Sometimes they can't afford even to take him there or to pay him. So he pays himself to go overseas and uh, to stay where he's staying and to eat his food and he teaches about the Father's heart. Um, and so if you would like to participate in that, I'd like to ask you to pray about that. And, but I want to go back um, to what I was talking about, the value. So who gets to decide our value, right? Do we decide our own value? Do our parents decide our value? Does God decide our value? Like, who decides what our value is? Um, that's what I want to talk about. And so the first question I want to ask that will help us understand who decides our value is, why did God make people? I mean, he's perfect, right? There's, you know, God the Father, and there's God the Son, and there's God the Spirit, and the three of them were together, and they had a perfect time. Why on earth would you make people? I don't know if I was God, if I would make people. I'd be like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay, I don't need people. Like, but he wanted to share his love, right? Like, that was the reason, was love. He had so much love, he's sharing it with the Father, he's sharing it with the Son, he's sharing it with the Spirit. He had so much love, he wanted to share it, and so he decided to make people. And that was it, like, he wanted to share his love, so he made people. Okay, so now we know why God made people. Then why did Jesus die on the cross, right? We talked about this on Good Friday. Why did Jesus die on the cross? So the answer to that is freedom. So first of all, it's not really love if you have to love someone, right? Like if you have to love someone, that's just like sort of like you're a robot, right? In order to love someone, there has to be a choice. So the first thing that God gave us was freedom to choose him, right? Would we choose him and would we choose his love or would we choose 
not to love. So I don't know um, if you've ever had this experiment with a child where there's cookies you've just made and you say to them, don't eat the cookies. Have you ever tried that experiment? <laughs> Can you guess what happens? <laughs> they eat the cookies, <laughs> right? Although over time they learn, may learn not to, but you know, nine times out of 10, they eat the cookies. And so God gave us this choice. Would we love him? Would we do like loving things or would we not? And we, each one of us chose not. And now I go back to my point where I don't know if I'd make people. Like that just seems like a lot of work to me. Like a lot of like, I don't know, if you could just like be in love and have perfect love and why would you go and make people who are not gonna choose love, who are gonna choose to hurt each other, who are gonna choose to hurt you, who are gonna choose like pain and sickness and death and you know, like we chose not love, right? And that's why there's pain and that's why there's sickness and that's why there's death because we, each one of us chose not love not God, at some point, right? And, but then God gave us freedom again. See, because, because we chose not love, then we had to pay for all those things we had done wrong ourselves. All the consequences of all the things we'd done wrong, we had to pay for it, right? All of the... Um, all of the times I thought something bad about the driver in front of me, <laughs> I had to pay for that. All of the times I ate the last cookie <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to, right? Like we pay for all the things we've done wrong and that's not what God wanted for us because he loves us, right? And so the second freedom he gave was he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for all of those things that we'd thought wrong, that we'd said wrong, that we did wrong, all the times that we chose not love. We were supposed to pay for that, but he sent Jesus to pay for that so we could be free from that. See, because God's plan was that we would live with him forever in paradise, right? That was his plan, that we would have love and nothing else and now we chose not love, and he doesn't want us to bring pain into heaven. He doesn't want us to bring sickness into eternity, right? So he made this, like, rescue plan, you know? Like, Jesus was the superhero better than Captain Marvel, <laughs> who, you know, came and paid for all the things that we had done wrong. And the freedom he gave us now is the freedom to choose, See, we can choose. Do we want Jesus to pay for all the things we've done wrong? Do we want Jesus to pay for all the times we chose not love? Or do we want to pay for it ourselves? Right? We have freedom to choose. Like, he just gave us so much freedom. He gave us freedom to choose to love him. He gave us freedom to choose not to love him. He gave us freedom to choose now. Like, we just have so much freedom Right? That's what he wants, that in our freedom we will choose him. And that's why, Jesus, um, that's why Jesus died on the cross. So then if, Jesus, if that all happened when Jesus died on the cross, why did he rise? Like wasn't it all done on the cross? Right? Like we had Good Friday, why do we need Easter? Right? He paid for all that stuff. Right? So well, the reason we need Easter Sunday the reason he rose is because he values us. 
Um, so the uh, picture of the men with all the, the people with all the words on it, just back one, um, it, it's kind of small, it's too bad, but on those people it's written valuable and loved and tender. And because Jesus values us, he rose from the dead so we could have new life. That's why I have the bunny ears there, because Easter, there's always bunnies and chicks, right? It's not just so we can eat chocolate, although I like eating chocolate. They represent new life, right? And so the reason he rose is so that we can have new life. We don't have to stay in the old life where we're paying for our sin, where just it's sort of like a habit, where doing things wrong and choosing not love because of Easter Sunday, we can choose new life, right? We can choose the life that God gives. We can choose to say, yes, Jesus is our, um, Jesus is our God. We, like, we would like for him to pay for all our sins, and we choose new life. This means that we can live forever with God in paradise, for eternity with no sin, no sickness, right? No pain. This is what Easter is all about. But the problem is, sometimes we don't understand the value God puts on us, right? Like, the reason he rose was because he values us. But sometimes we don't value ourselves. So I want to talk about just one example of a person in the Bible who we often look at, but we don't value them the same way God does. And I want to look at how we value this person and how God values them because hopefully that'll help us understand how God values us. Okay, so the next slide. So I love, love, love the story of Martha and Mary. I don't know if you know them. Uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, they were brother and sisters, and uh, they um, lived in a house where Jesus used to go. So we're gonna read from Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, about Martha and Mary, and Lazarus isn't mentioned in this story, but he was undoubtedly there in Jesus. Um, so Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by herself, by myself? Tell her to help me. Right? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So this is the story we often hear about Martha, that she worked too hard, right? And so whenever we hear about Martha in the Bible, I think, mostly for me anyway, I think, oh yeah, Martha, the one who worked too hard. And I often felt it was too bad that that's how we, that's how we thought about Martha, because I really identified with her, because I'm an older sister, and I do the work. And when I was young, I often used to think, why isn't my sister helping me? Mom, tell her to help me. Right? Like, I don't know if you're an older sister, but that's pretty much how we are. <laughs> right? We do the work. We try to get the younger ones to help us. Um, so I kind of felt it was a little bit too bad that that's how we thought about Martha. Um, and so I have a question for you about Martha. Did Martha sin in this story? Did she do anything wrong? 
No, right? I can't find where she did anything wrong. Jesus says that Mary chose the better way. I think that sort of indicates that Martha chose a good way, especially if people wanted to eat. But she chose the better way. I don't think she sinned in this story. And I have another question. Do you think that God loved, that Jesus loved Mary more than Martha? No, right? But isn't it kind of presented that Mary sits at his feet loving him and we really see that Jesus loves Mary and Martha gets the, Martha, Martha, what are you doing, right? Like, stop complaining and sit down already. Like, right, that's sort of like, I don't know, that's kind of the impression I got over the years when I heard the story about Martha and Mary. Um, and so as I was reading this, I thought, maybe like Jesus was saying it like sort of in an encouraging way, not in a correcting way. And I wish I could say it like him, you know, like, because I, I wonder, like, obviously he didn't say Martha, Martha, or Martha, Martha. Like, obviously he said it in a loving way, Martha, Martha. I wish I could say it like him. Maybe he would say Martha, Martha, you know, like, <laughs> I wish I could say her name with love like he did so I could understand how he felt about her. So I want to look at another story that includes Martha. Um, but in the story, we also don't often hear about her. But I want to read the part about her. So in the next slide, about God valuing Martha. So this story is found in John chapter 11, verse 20 to 27. Um, if you want to turn there. So John chapter 11. So in this story, uh, Martha's brother Lazarus, I think he's a younger brother because the house is listed as Martha's but probably she couldn't own it because men probably, I mean, women couldn't own property. So I think probably the house was Lazarus's, but because Martha was older and she did all the work, everyone called it her house. So um, Lazarus is sick, right? And Mary and Martha send word to Jesus to say, Jesus, Lazarus is sick, like really super sick, like deathbed sick, and we know if you come, you're gonna heal him. So they sent messengers, right? So Jesus got the message that Lazarus was sick, and, and I'm thinking now it should be, and so he went. But he doesn't go. He stays for like a couple more days and waits until Lazarus dies. But I'm not kidding, you can read it yourself. Jesus waits until Lazarus dies before he starts going. And he tells his disciples, Lazarus is dead and now we're gonna go. And they're like, what? Why are we wait, like why are we going if he's dead? Because also, where Mary and Martha lived, there were people who wanted to kill Jesus. And it was so dangerous near Mary and Martha's house for Jesus that one of his disciples is like, well, his disciples are like, don't go, you're gonna die. And when they found out he was really gonna go, Thomas is like, well, let's go and die with him anyway. At least we'll die with him and not apart from him. Like, that's how dangerous it was. Like, they literally thought, the disciples thought they were going to Mary and Martha's house to die, right? So this is what's happening, right? So, so Jesus comes up and Martha goes out to meet him. So we're gonna read from there. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. 
Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So after this, uh, she goes home and gets her sister Mary, and Mary comes and says, you know, the same thing. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus goes to where Lazarus is buried, and he calls him, Lazarus, come out of the tomb, and Lazarus comes out alive. Right? That's the end of the. That's the end of that kind of that part of the story. But what I want to say about Martha is, do you know that three times in the Bible it's recorded that Jesus went to Martha's house? I think maybe Martha was a good cook. <laughs> and I think she always had a lot of food on hand. I don't know about you, but my grandmother, if you showed up with 15 of your friends, she would feed you like chili and bread and dessert. Like it was always in her freezer. Like I think that's kind of like what Martha was like. She's kind of like, you know, the grandmas that always have a lot of food. I know that some of you, some of you have a lot of chili in your freezer right now. We could all come over to your house and you would feed us all, right? Like, that's what I think about Martha. Like, she was a good cook. She had a lot of food. They often went there. She was Jesus' friend. In fact, she was so confident in her friendship with Jesus that when she sent a message, she expected him to come. And he comes late, and she's like, you're late. <laughs> Jesus, you're late. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I don't talk to Jesus like that so much when I'm praying. Jesus, you're late. Okay, well, sometimes I tell him he's late. But anyway, that's probably not true. But, <laughs> but like, she was so confident in her friendship with Jesus, she sent a message expecting him to come to a place where she knew he could be killed. Everyone knew it was dangerous for him there. Like, I think we miss the depth of their friendship. Like, she called him to a place where he could be killed. Like, that was the danger. The disciples honestly thought they were going to their deaths. And she said, come here, we need you. Right? Like, she was Jesus' good friend. Like, a really good friend. And then, you know, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And she says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know what that means? She read her Bible. More than that, she knew what it said, and she believed it. And when Jesus said he's going to rise, she said, yes, that's true. And she probably even knew the chapter and the verse. I bet she was one of those ladies that when you start saying scripture from the front, she says it along. You know those ladies? Some of you are some of those ladies. And men too, but usually the ladies are louder. <laughs> I bet she knew exactly where it was in the Bible, where it said that her brother would rise again on the last day. She knew her scriptures. Right? She knew her Bible, and she's quoting the Bible to Jesus, who wrote the Bible, the living word. You know, Jesus, it does say that <laughs> in your word, and you're the living word. Right? Like, this is not some, like, wallflower lady. Right? This is a woman of faith. And, you know, he says, you know, he'll rise again. She says, yes, I know on the last day. And then he says, whoever believes in me, even though they die, uh, they will live, right? In believing in me, they, they're, they're going to live, right? And so he's, he's trying to tell her, like, I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. But that's not in her mind. She doesn't, like, she doesn't think that can happen. But she's still believing. She's thinking he's saying, I'm the way to God. Your brother believed in God. And so he's going to rise again on the last day. And she's like, yeah, that's just what I said. <laughs> we're agreeing, right? She's saying we're agreeing, right? And then she says, yes, Lord, 
I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. Okay, why is this not what she's famous for in the church? She declares Jesus is the Messiah. There's like a handful of people who declare that in the Bible. Mostly Jesus says, I'm the Messiah, and people are like, you're crazy, we're leaving. Right, like crowds left him. Whole crowds left him, right? They're like, you're crazy, we're leaving. And she said, yes, you're the Messiah. I think we should change it. I think we should agree to change how Martha's known in the church. I think we should be the ones who say, oh, Martha, the one who declared Jesus is the Messiah before he died and rose again. Like, she's amazing. Like, I love this lady. She's like, really, really amazing. And more than that, after her brother, uh, after Jesus raises her brother from the dead and he's alive again, people want to kill him too. So now people want to kill Jesus and they want to kill Lazarus, her brother, right? And so what does she do? She throws a party in Jesus' honor. There's a party in, in just in the next chapter in John 12, there's a party in Jesus' honor and she's serving. Now it doesn't say it's at her house or that she threw it, but... You know, I think probably the writers thought maybe they were bragging too much about her already. They should probably, like, tone it down a bit. <laughs> you know, maybe not, but, like, she's this, like, amazing woman who people say the house is hers, even though we know it's really her brother's. Jesus comes there all the time. She's such a good friend that he, like, comes when she calls to a place where she might be killed. She declares Jesus is Lord, and she's famous for working too hard. This is crazy. This is crazy to me. Like, this is really crazy. But that's sometimes how we see ourselves too, right? Like, we don't really understand our own value, right? And Martha's just an example, and the example is for us. Like, God loves us. God values us. Sometimes we sort of see ourselves, like, as part of the church. Oh, yeah, Jesus died for the world, it says, you know, and he rose again, like, in, on the last day, he's coming back for his bride, which is the church. But sometimes we miss that it's us. He values us individually, you know? So we'll go to the next slide. You know, like, God gets to decide our value. And I think until we see him face to face, we may not really understand, but we can understand a bit more that he values us so much that he made us. He knew that we would choose not him. We had the choice, him or not him, love or not love. He knew we would choose not love, and he made us anyway because he values us, right? And he gave us freedom because he wanted us to choose him. It was important to him that we choose him, right? And he rose again because he values us. It talks about his value he puts on us. We are valuable to him. Um, have you ever seen somebody doing what they were made to do? Like, and they did it really well. I totally love America's Got Talent. Like, <laughs> and World of Dance. Like, anything where people get up and do artsy stuff. Um, and what I really love about it is people get up and they do what they were obviously made to do. Like people sing who they were made to sing. You know they were. Like, do we know what we were made to do? Because 
God doesn't only just make us and love us, he values us so much, he gives us things to do. Like the Bible says that he made good works for us to do. Like it's not just that he loves us and he values us, but he values us so much that he lets us work with him. Us, people who like chose not love, he values us so much, he gave us things to do. And I love watching people do what they were made to do really, really well. And I just think it's so great when we find out what we're made to do. You know, and we're made to do a lot of things, but it's just so good. And sometimes we look at the Bible and we're reading it like a self-help book. Okay, I have anxiety. What am I supposed to do about anxiety? You know, like, oh, I'm having trouble with a friend. What am I supposed to do when I'm having trouble with a friend? You know, or we look at it like, you know, a how-to book. Uh, how do I live a good Christian life? I can read the Bible. But the Bible is not like a how-to book and the Bible is not a self-help book. The Bible is an autobiography. It's God writing about himself, right? He's saying, this is who I am, and we are his kids. And so the Bible is showing us who we are. So I don't know about any of you other women, but when I read like the Proverbs 31 um, description of what an awesome woman is, she gets up at five in the morning and she makes meals for everyone and their cousin and then she like knits from the sheep in her yard and then she like makes them into mutton stew after that and then you know she goes to bed after everyone after she's like painted the hallway. Like <laughs> that's like the Proverbs 31 woman. I used to read that and think I don't know who wrote this, but they're like crazy. Like, <laughs> they obviously don't know real women. Like, <laughs> so, but the thing about the Proverbs 31 woman, it's not like how to be a Christian woman or how to be a godly woman. It's a description of who we are. We are women who are excellent at business and who make a lot of money. We are women who lovingly feed families. We are the women who, you know, look for the best deals at Value Village for our kids, like clothes that they would like because the shoes light up, you know? Like, that's who we are. We are that woman. You know, the Ten Commandments aren't about like what you should and shouldn't do. The Ten Commandments tell you who you are. You are people who do not steal. You are people who do not murder. You are people who honor your mother and father. You are people who do not commit adultery. That's who you are. Like the Bible's all about who we are because God shows us this is who I am and you look like me. You look like me. Like, you're my kids, I want you to know who you are. This is the value I have in you. You are valuable things. You know, in the play, it was the pearl of great price and Jesus brought out the pearl and he's the pearl of great price. And you know, the man in that, um, in that parable, he sells everything he has to buy the pearl of great price. But that's also what Jesus did for us. He sold everything. You know, he lived in the desert. He walked around with smelly guys all the time. Like, you know, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> he like, you know, he, he gave up everything, including his life, to buy us back, to pay for our sins. Like, we are the pearl of great price that Jesus sold everything for to get. This is, this is what he thinks about us. This is how he values us. I think if we really knew who we truly were, we would never be jealous again another day in our life. We'd be like, you know what? 
I'm amazing. Like, I'm so great. You're also really great, but I don't need what you have because I'm amazing. Like, that's how we would be if we really knew who we were, right? We'd be like, wow, that's so great you have a Porsche and a mansion. I'm amazing. Like, I buy light-up shoes for my kids at Value Village. Like, I'm amazing. Like, we think it's so wrong. We think it's so wrong. Like, we have in our heads what the world thinks about us, right? Like, I'm a teacher, so I'm not as valuable as a brain surgeon, right? And even though we know in our heads that's not true, we know it's not true, in our hearts we think, but I'm not as valuable as this person, right? I know this person ties more, to me, more than me to the church every year. I'm not really, like, in our hearts we feel, oh, I don't have a lot to give. I'm not that valuable, Right? That's not how God sees us. And in fact, he sees us as so valuable, he didn't stay dead. He did not stay dead. He rose again because of his value on us. He rose again to give us new life. I love this cute little bunny. I couldn't help it. I'm like, I'm putting the cute little bunny in my presentation. <laughs> you know, there's new life. There's new life for us. We do not have to live in our old mindsets in the way our hearts used to think. We don't have to live thinking, I'm okay, I'm part of the church. Good thing God, there's a whole church out there, otherwise he may not have died. You know, like, he died for us, he rose for us, and he values us. And so maybe you've never heard before that God values you so much. Maybe you've never heard about his love for you. Um, and so I wanna tell you today that it is a choice. He does love you. And he loves you more than anyone else ever will. His love is so amazing, and he doesn't care what you've done, and he doesn't care what you look like or how much you make. He doesn't care about any of those things we care about. He loves you, and I want to encourage you to choose him because you will never have a better life than a life with him. I have never regretted choosing Jesus Never, never, never. Like, it's just, he loves me more than anyone. And I can't choose someone who will love me more, even my mom. Like, and she loves me a lot. <laughs> I have a great mom who loves me a lot. And God loves me more. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't chosen Jesus as your God, you'll never have a better God. And the truth is that we all do choose a God. We might choose money we might choose science, we might choose being a good person, but we all choose a God. And I wanna encourage you to choose Jesus as your God, because there's none better. And if you've never chosen him and you would like to choose him today, I'm gonna pray, and you can pray this prayer in your hearts as well. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me, and thank you that you value me and I'm so sorry that I chose not you, that I chose not love. Would you forgive me for all the times that I did something wrong, said something wrong, thought something wrong, and got in the way of your love? And today, I just wanna tell you that I choose you as my God, and I wanna thank you that you forgave me and I wanna thank you that you died and paid for all my sins. And I wanna thank you that you rose again, that I could have this new life. 
where I live as someone who's loved and valued. Thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. And so if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or if you prayed it again after a while, or if you have questions about it, please, please come and talk with us. We would love to know. We'd love to pray for you. Um, and what I want to do now is I want to pray for anyone who would like to know what God thinks about you. 